again at Gavin Grow, um, and today we're going to be talking about college during COVID. And uh, I have with us as our guest, Pano Kukopoulos. Did I get that right? Yep. Yay. Pano is the Director of Emergency Management here at the school. And we also have Dave Serino, who is the Director of Environmental Health and Safety Programs. So, hi guys. Great to be here. I'm Maribeth. Hey, Maribeth. Um, I'm so glad you're here. and. I know that we've all been doing things to try to get word out to people about what it's going to be like here on campus. And I just figured that that Gavin Grow was another opportunity to get that information out to people because it's going to be a different world here on campus. And so the more we can help prepare people for that, I think the better off we are. So, you know, I want to kind of look back a few months and ask you guys to tell us What's the summer been like for you? What, what's it been for you? Um, because you've really been right in the thick of not only how we're moving forward, which we're going to talk mostly about, but what's been going on here, you know, since we first started hearing back in January and February about COVID and what have, has the university been doing during that time? So you said the, the, the what the summer? What, what is that? <laughs> what is this thing what you call summer? summer? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've heard some people uh, relating this to a marathon, mm. and uh, I, I could not agree less with that. And I will tell you why. Uh, a marathon has a distinct beginning, and mm. you know that in 26.2 miles, you'll be done. Uh, if you are... A little, if you have half a brain, you know that you cannot just run a marathon without any preparation. So um, typically a 16 week training program gets you there. So the marathon itself is not uh, the, the main thing, you know, you just ran the marathon. It's the 16 weeks of preparation. Well, we didn't have that kind of uh, um, preparation period. We didn't know, you know, again, you're preparing for a marathon, you know where you're, uh, uh, bathroom stops are, you know where your water uh, resupply is, you know where your food is, you're preparing for all those things. Uh, over here, we're just thrown uh, a, um, an uncertainty, and um, we are still dealing with it. So um, it's been uh, ever since, like you said, January, when we started tracking uh, um, SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus, uh, that cause, causes COVID-19, it has been, uh, um, it, it just, a whirlwind. And it seems that every week something new happens, a new development yeah. that causes for us to, um, you know, change plans or change direction. I think uh, um, on, uh, on this end, uh, beginning in March, Basically, when all the students left and a lot of the staff left, um, Pano, Luigi, and I have been to, been able to bond quite a bit. <laughs> it's like you're spending all your time together. I'm surprised. Yeah, you guys which has worked out good for me <laughs> since you know I've been here since only you know I started in November. So um, you know we got to be very good friends, and uh, and but you know I wish we could have become friends under different circumstances, but uh, uh, we've. Uh, you know, we started out 
in March with sanitizing all the buildings on both campuses. Um, and uh, um, which, you know, made staff, once they came back, a little more comfortable with entering those areas and getting them ready uh, for the rest of the staff uh, and students to come back. So, and as, as Pano said, it's ever changing. It doesn't just change daily, it changes by the hour. Um, so, uh, and still changing. And, you know, uh, <laughs> saying that we sanitized the, the, the buildings, it sounds like, you know, not a big to do, but this was a, a crew of three or four people that went into every single room uh, and sanitized every surface. And that includes every single uh, um, apartment of every residential hall. So if you start thinking about the the surface areas that we ended up uh, covering, it's pretty significant. Oh yeah, you know, it's you're talking, I mean, it, it's classrooms, it's it's offices, it's bathrooms, it's and then it's all the you know resident rooms and bathrooms and lounge spaces and study nooks and and you know it was it was a lot of work. And I know you guys did that in a in a quick amount of time. So, you know. I lost um, 10 pounds during the process. Well, but I've gained, I gained it all back TV, then. Right? So <laughs> you were the guys in the white ET suits walking around. So. Yeah, I was lost. So we're, we're getting ramping right up into the fall and we're going to be an on-ground campus, which means that we're going to have classes being held here. We're going to have students here. Our dining halls are going to be open. In what kind of manner is still to be determined? Because as you said, those kinds of things are changing every day. But, you know, what kinds of things have been going on to get us ready for the fall? What kinds of things have you and the facilities folks been working on? So I can tell you that um, uh, early April, uh, when we finally knew that uh, there was not going to be a return uh, during the spring semester, we started planning for the fall. And um, our, if, if you see behind uh, uh, Dave, you can see all those charts. Yeah. <laughs> that we turned our uh, conference room into a, a, a war room, basically, and we were coming up with different contingencies that we could uh, um, implement so that we could have some uh, uh, semblance, semblance of normalcy come uh, fall. And I remember having a conversation, and that was probably early May, when we said, uh, you know, guys, uh, uh, August will be here before we know it. And indeed, I mean, uh, that, that the summer has flown by, yeah. um, and here we are. So what we have done in terms of facilities, um, we have started equipping every building with uh, various uh, levels of um, protection, if you're gonna call it that. We have been installing uh, sneeze guards that our folks made out of heavy duty marine, uh, marine grade clear plastic vinyl. And uh, they are significantly larger than what you would buy uh, at the store. And, you know, it, it, it ends up costing us a little less. So, you know, we are trying to utilize our resources the, the, the best we can. 
um, we have purchased, I don't know how many hundreds of gallons of um, hand sanitizer. I just and uh, the way, thanks. <laughs> and again, every building has multiple locations that uh, we have uh, installed those hand sanitizing solutions. Please be aware that the sanitizer that we have is CDC compliant. So at least 65% alcohol, but it's not as uh, jelly as what we are used to because there's no more of that stuff. So everything is uh, a little bit more fluid, but it's still just as effective. We also have um, um, surface disinfectant. Again, hundreds of gallons that we, we, we purchased and we have it spread throughout uh, our facilities. Uh, new, um, additional, I should say, paper towel dispensers that you can use in conjunction with uh, the, the spray bottles because those wipes are not available anywhere. Yeah. You know, so we're trying to, again, be creative, be resourceful, and use what we have available. Uh, garbage, garbage cans. So all these new things that our faculty, our staff, our students, uh, they will see when they arrive back on campus. It's definitely going to look a lot different uh, to uh, students, uh, faculty, and uh, most of the staff is back, at least on a um, uh, on some sort of a um, hybrid basis. Right. So, um, yes, there's hundreds of locations present. I'll tell you, I've been through the buildings, and I, and and Mike Spramuli's, uh staff has done a great job. Uh, every direction you look. You can't miss the hand sanitizer. It's everywhere. Um, Luigi did something interesting. Uh, you know, hand sanitizer was very hard to come by uh, a few months back. And uh, a local company um, just got in the business of making hand sanitizer. Oh, well. Uh, and uh, uh, and that was a result of Luigi approaching them. And so we have now we have pretty much an un, and I won't say an unlimited supply, but but we have access to hundreds of gallons at our disposal. And uh, so we're not going to run out of sanitizing solution uh, or hand sanitizer, um, and uh, which is a good thing because it was very hard to come by before. Uh, you know, we had we took advantage of the time that we had to secure additional uh, PPE. Um, now things are starting to get tougher to secure that PPE, so we do have a really good supply on hand. Um, you know, probably maybe getting ahead of ourselves here, but the mask situation, mm -hmm. um, I can cover that. Uh, uh, you know, right now. Uh, Students will find uh, when they come back that they're that each of them are going to have a branded uh, Westcon mask, uh, and there's an example right there, beautiful, yeah, blue and orange, and I think we have a few thousand more blues coming in because they've been very popular, um, and uh, so all the students will receive, all the faculty will receive uh, a mask. Uh, we're also going to include um, several disposable masks in each for each department, so that um, if there is a if there is a visitor or someone doesn't for some reason doesn't have a mask on them, which really in this day and age 
would be kind of unusual because you can't go anywhere and not have to wear a mask. So um, by state mandate. So um, nobody's going to be allowed in buildings without a mask. Um, and, you know, there are, uh, I think we'll get into when we get into res hall discussions, you know, what the requirements are going to be for mask wearing in, in, in residence halls because that gets, um, that gets interesting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and I'm sure the students would be interested in hearing how that's going to how that's going to work. Um, for now, uh, we can say that uh, masks are going to be required um, upon entrance to every building, all during classroom uh, times, and uh, um, the only time that someone can really remove their mask is if. They are in for fact for a uh, if a faculty person or a staff person has their own office like like you know Mary Beth you have you're in right now you don't have to wear your, your mask Pano's in his own office he doesn't have to wear his mask uh, but when we walk into public areas we go to the restroom um, we're in a stairwell we have to have uh, a mask on and so we we ask that everyone always has their mask with them you never know when you're going to run into someone so um, and I think everybody now. Uh, you know, uh, here I think has been great about wearing masks. If you go into a, a store and a Lowe's or wherever you go, um, great compliance. That's not the case everywhere else in the country, but right. I think it's one of the reasons why the numbers have come down so significantly in Connecticut and in the Northeast is people are really um, are doing their doing their best to, to comply. And I have a feeling that when the students get back, they're going to, you know, they're going to be on top of it. They're going to show pride in the institution and try and keep each other safe. And uh, I, I expect that, you know, it's going to go well in that regard. Well, that's what I'm thinking, too. And, you know, it's, you know, talk about it. here in my office. I haven't had mine on. If somebody comes to my door, I flip it up onto my face again. But, um, you know, our new offices up here at Penny, I if I'm walking across the hall, my mask goes on because I don't know who I'm going to run into. By the way, if I go over to Ed's office, we're in the same suite. My mask is on, you know, and and so it's just it's a matter of getting used to it. Like sometimes I don't think about it, you know, and and most days I'm the only one in this area, so you know I get used to not having it on. But I always try to have it with me because. The other day, somebody knocked on the door and I needed to let them in and I needed to have my mask on because it was one of the maintenance guys coming to do something. And, and so, you know, it's it's just a matter of having that in the forefront of your mind. And that, as you said, I think people here are so used to it now because we've really been pretty good at it yeah. overall. You know, it's one of those things. I, I listened to a, a talk with Dr. Fauci couple of weeks ago. And, and one of the things he said that just made sense to me is he said, you know, there are a lot of people looking at this as, as a kind of hindrance to their rights or something rather than as a tool to end this. And he says, they want to be done with all the quarantine and things. And the easiest way we can do that is for everyone to wear masks, you know, and, and that's it. Cause you're limiting that transmission of, of all those droplets. So yeah. Well, I can tell you about that we had a great um, uh, indication of what's to come during that uh, Black Lives Matter uh, yeah. talk. Um, I can't remember how long ago this was, but it's relatively recent. And uh, what I did, I, I looked around. Uh, 
I couldn't find anybody um, that was not wearing a mask. And, and that was really, really encouraging uh, that everybody, all our students, all our faculty and staff that uh, was, were there complied with that simple request. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy. And, you know, you talked about in the residence halls, when people are in their rooms, they're not going to have to wear their masks. You know, it's kind of like being at your home right now. But again, when you go out, if you're in the hallways, if you're walking down the hall to the bathroom or to go to a lounge or something, you're expected to have your mask on. Some people maybe aren't going to want to wear it outside, but if you're in, you know, going to your class and it's a high traffic time, you're going to need to have it on because you're going to be passing by people. So it's, you know, again, just a matter of, of getting used to it. Now, we've got some other things going on in the halls too. We're right in the, the throes of people dropping off their belongings early um, so that we can try to provide, you know, when people are coming in, it's always a zoo because everyone's trying to bring in all their clothes and TVs and, you know, microwaves or whatever and, and trying to, although you can't have microwaves on the Midtown campus, but, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so right now in groups of 25 over, you know, specific 90 minute blocks of time over the next eight or nine days, people are coming in and dropping off their things now. And yesterday we got off to a good start with that. Um, we'll see what this afternoon's like with, with the, the storm coming in, but, um, you know, trying to do some things that make it easier. So then when we have our actual move in, People don't have to try to log all that stuff in and be coming in by the hundreds trying to do that. So that that seems to have been working pretty well. Um, I think that's something that uh, you know many people may not really think about. Uh, you know what it takes to get this done, and uh, that's a lot of planning. And I, I give credit to you folks for coming up with uh, this very intricate uh, methodology of bringing everybody back as safely as possible. So. Uh, kudos to you and, uh, and and the group that uh, you you work with. Yeah, they, they, we've been busy like you guys, probably a different kind of busy, but just, you know, trying to sort out how does this all work for us. Um, it, it's been crazy. And like you said, the guidelines change based on what's happening in the world and, and what the levels of things are. So, you know, we get started on one thing and it's it's been a little difficult to keep in. But I think the thing that's been nice is overall we've got a general, you know, kind of overarching idea of what we want to do and how we want to do it to keep everyone safe. And that's what we're working towards. So you have to tweak every now and then, but you know, the goal is to, to keep people safe. And so, you know, I know we've, we've instituted some things for the halls in regard to visitation uh, for the fall that is going to be a little tough for people. Um, but again, it's looking at trying to make that interactions um, as distant and, and socially distant as possible. So, you know, people aren't going to be able to have guests who who are coming from outside the building. And so there are some, some things people are giving up in order to do this. But again, at the end of the day, I think it's for their, their safety. Um, and if we can relax that later, if, if circumstances change, then that's a whole lot easier to do than to try to go in the opposite direction, I think. So 
I think that, uh, you know, this particular uh, set of circumstances uh, it is all about human behavior. Yeah. And uh, it's what we do on a daily basis to, uh, at this point, protect each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So our motto has been, I protect you, you protect me. I cannot do it alone. We, the three of us here, uh, Pete, you know, the, the four of us in this conversation, it can, we cannot do it by ourselves. We need to have everyone involved in this stance so that we can overcome and we, we can prevail. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be in, you know, in this, this spiral going around and around. So we need everybody to, to, to be diligent and uh, vigilant about their, their behaviors. And listen, uh, we, 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 all of us, we have folks in our lives that are in this um, high-risk category. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to compromise their well-being because uh, we have a, a, a lapse of uh, judgment. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not a time to be selfish. This is where, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's time to think about others, you know. Also, it's not just about our own safety, but um, but the safety of, of others and those and those close to us and those not close to us. I mean, you know, that's that's something that I think um, there will be constant reminders of on campus uh, uh, to be uh, diligent about wearing our masks, keeping uh, proper social distancing, washing your hands using the hand sanitizer, there's going to be thousands of signs yeah. that are going to be put up. Uh, so there will be constant reminders of, you know, the times that we're in and, and, and the challenges we're facing. Uh, but I have a lot of confidence in our, in our students. You know, I, I do, um, based on my, I mean, I know my kids are in college and, and they're diligent, their friends are diligent. So I think that, uh, on that end, I don't. I don't think we're going to have to be struggling to make uh, to have people buy into this. Right, and like you said, everything is there and and easy for people to have access to too, and that makes a, a big difference. They don't have to worry about trying to find handy wipes or something. You know, it's we're providing so much of that of that stuff for them. Um, you know, I wondered if we could just expand out a little and talk about on-campus kinds of things. Like there, there are guidelines, obviously, about masks and things, but we're also going to have some things with elevators and you know directional walking and hallways and things. Can you talk about some of that other stuff that's going on? Also, maybe like classroom space and what's been done there to prep that and dining, if you have information about that. Yeah. So Listen, elevators, the majority of our elevators are small. So we can only allow two people per ride. The only elevator that is big enough that can allow more than two people, four people, is uh, the, the big uh, freight elevator at the VPA. So for all practical purposes, all elevators are uh, restricted to two individuals. Then we're going to have one-way traffic, okay? Just like on the road, be right, stay right. Stay six feet away from uh, from anybody. I mean, we are not doing anything different from everybody else. You go to the supermarket, every aisle has some directional arrows. We're going to do something similar. You know, one way, stay to the right, stay near the wall, so you, you can avoid uh, the closer uh, interactions. 
What else did you ask? Um, some of the classrooms to keep the social distance there. We've taken out some of the you want to take that? things. Yeah, right? sure. There's uh, the classes that um, that are going to be uh, occurring on campus and not online. There's specific classrooms that will be utilized um, dependent on uh, the class size. So uh, facilities has gone through basically every every along with I believe Missy had a lot to do with this Missy Alexander going through um, each uh, classroom on campus and determining which classrooms would be uh, best utilized for the purpose of uh, ensuring proper social distancing and in being able to accommodate the class size. So I think it's in some instances classes have been you know broken up into two two different sections. Uh, but when you try and reduce the occupancy uh, of a room by 50%, you're really, especially if there's fixed seating, you're really reducing the number of of, uh, of students that can be present in a, in a room. So there are specific uh, rooms that were set aside. Um, and uh, I think as, as an example, um, we were in, um, we were in the sculpture studio yesterday with Jorg and he has things, you know, he wanted to check with us and see how, um, you know, how he had things set up if it was, uh, if it was adequate. And he had, you know, he had tables set apart so that the, the students could be socially distant. They'll be wearing their masks. Um, his, his class size is limited to eight. Um, so each space is taken uh, individually if we, can't accommodate the number of students that need to, that that um, will be would be normally present in a particular classroom. Then that's going that class is going to be held elsewhere. I think that in the fall there hopefully will be some really uh, nice weather, and when possible, uh, some classes will be held uh, will be held outside. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, one thing to consider is uh, is. Uh, um, and, and maybe Pano might speak more to this, but the ventilation situation is different in every building. Um, you may find that, uh, you know, the science building, there's 100% fresh air coming in. Uh, so even though everyone will still have to, you know, wear their masks, um, the occupancies uh, are um, a little bit easier to achieve in, in uh, the science building because we have 100% fresh air. In the labs of the science building, yes. In the labs, yeah. The other thing is that all the classrooms that we are going to use have been uh, um, equipped with hand sanitizer, uh, no, not hand sanitizer, surface disinfectant, uh -huh. paper towels, garbage cans, and gloves. So that gives the opportunity for the user to sanitize their spot, their, spot, their, sp their station upon arrival. Every classroom will be further disinfected once an evening. That's the, our capacity and our, our capability. But again, it's human behavior. It's on me. Desk and, and area when you walk in. So it's just another habit that you get into doing coming into the classroom, right? Correct. Yeah. So we also, you know, I've, I've gotten questions from people about the shuttle bus and about food services and things. Do you have info about those two? The shuttle buses have uh, uh, been given a schedule. Uh, they, have, they will also carry uh, hand sanitizer and paper towels. 
for the same reason. Uh, the, the bus drivers will sanitize uh, the entirety of the bus before picking up another load. So at the end of the, the, the load, they're going to um, take care of the bus and there's going to be uh, limited seating so that we can uh, uh, um, comply with the, the distancing. As far as, as food services is concerned, again, we have um, spread out the tables in the restaurant and uh, the west side uh, uh, dining room halls. Mm -hmm. uh, we will be providing a lot more um, tables on uh, the patios and outside so that people can use the, uh, and there's a big surprise coming up. I'm not gonna say what it is. <laughs> Go to the west side, surprise, surprise. Uh, uh, so again, outside uh, spots that uh, we can definitely utilize more than before. Now, just a couple things, because I know I'm running out of my self-imposed timeline now, but um, so students and faculty and staff, you know, we're also wanting them to do simple things like, you know, report if they're feeling poorly, um, and to report if they have any symptoms and things. So there's a there's an online reporting feature, right? That people can do that if they're starting to. This is huge, symptoms. all right? This is huge. If folks are not feeling well, please don't take any chances. Stay home. Yeah. Uh, make sure you get checked out, but please stay home so that, you know, if anything, doesn't look good, then you don't necessarily um, bring the potential virus to the rest of the community. So um, yeah, just a few simple questions, yes or no. Are you not feeling well? Do you have temperature? Um, there are some symptoms that are considered to be pretty severe. And if you have a hard time breathing, uh, I cannot remember all of them, but uh, you know, there are some of them that are of concern. And if that is the case, then you need to go to the hospital and maybe the emergency room. Yeah. But, you know, uh, some aches and pains or, you know, not feeling well, uh, then stay home, make sure that this doesn't persist. And then, you know, if you're free of symptoms for, I think, 24 hours, um, then we, we'll look at it again. But yeah, we don't wanna compromise the health of our community, right. uh, because you know I want to be a, right. uh, you know I want to go to work and do my thing. Yeah, and for students who are living on campus, we do have a quarantine space set up on campus so that if people do start to exhibit, you know, some kind of of exposure or something, we can get them into uh, Fairfield Hall is essentially going to be the quarantine space, right? And well, if we have a student that uh, is uh, diagnosed as COVID-19 positive, okay. and, and we're talking about the resident, right? And not, not, not a commuter. So if a commuter, and if a, if a resident comes down with a, a COVID-19, uh, that person will go to Fairfield Hall uh, and we'll have them isolated. They have to stay in there. We will provide the meals. We will make sure that uh, they get monitored uh, by our um, health services on a daily basis and monitor the symptoms. Now, folks that have been 
exposed or have come in contact <laughs> with that person, we will have to contact trace. We have a group of our uh, nursing students that will be trained to conduct contact tracing, and they'll be making phone calls. They will be identifying folks that came in close contact with our uh, sick or the, our patient. And those individuals, those close contacts, will be asked to quarantine, all right? So there is a difference. If you're sick, you isolate. If you have come in contact with a sick person, you quarantine just to make sure that we have the, the two terms differentiated. Where do you quarantine is the question, right? If you are a Midtown resident, you quarantine in Fairfield. If you are a West Side resident, then you, you and your roommates have to quarantine in your own uh, apartment. And I, I, think, uh, I think ideally, if a student, uh, a resident student were to come down uh, with uh, COVID-19, we would prefer that they go home. Yeah. Uh, and I think that really Fairfield is, is there for those students that have uh, hardship or they, they can't go home. Mm -hmm. uh, so ideally, you know, I think students would be more comfortable if they, um, if they isolated um, with symptoms at, at home. I agree with Dave, and thank you for uh, making that differentiation, Dave. And the difference is that if I have the ability to go, if I can get in my car and go home and, you know, everything is going to be hanky-dory, that's, that's fine. But if I need to get into a, uh, a, a mode of mass transport, transport in order to go home, then, you know, that becomes a little bit more challenging. And, and, and again, the whole idea is to try to um, prevent community spread. So um, I'm, not, I'm going to knock on wood, but if we get uh, a positive case, we will have to examine it uh, one by one and uh, make the best decision uh, that fits not just our students, but also the community. Yeah. So in kind of wrapping things up, you know, there are lots of places where we've been trying to get information out to people. So certainly on on housing social media, we've tried to put things out. Our website has some updates specific to, to housing and things. The university also has a COVID webpage, right? I think it's the, the header on the page with little masks and feet and, and things walking. Um, anything else you can suggest for people to, you know, where they can get the most up-to-date information? That, that COVID page for the University is probably the best spot to go. Yeah, uh, stay away from social media, I would say. <laughs> right? Hey, listen, the, the information we want is uh, uh, something that has been uh, vetted by professionals. Yeah. And that's what we are trying to provide in our website. So uh, that web page uh, contains the, the, the latest. As we, you mentioned earlier, things change on a regular basis. So the direction that we get either from the state or the uh, Board of Regents that uh, oversees the four uh, universities can be modified. So we, we, we are trying to you know stay on top of that. But uh, you know the, the, the details are, are right there. So um, that's where I would point our community. <clears throat> And I know Pano's going to be upset that I bring this up, but, you know, 
Yes, it's been a a, a, a a team effort by many dozens of people, you know, here, but Pano's done some serious heavy lifting on this. And, and I, I definitely want to um, give some kudos to him as the COVID coordinator for the yeah. university. Tremendous amount of responsibility. And I know how how much time he's been putting in on this and it's it, it's 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 we're in good hands <laughs> i'm rolling my eyes can you see that <laughs> i'm rolling my eyes because my eyesight's know, not very good the podcast anymore to see it, so we'll just describe it to them but you know i would agree with you that that the workload of this has fallen largely into Pano's left to oversee, but there's also been a whole lot of work, yeah. particularly by our facility staff. And, and I can't thank you guys enough for overseeing that and helping this all to happen. And, you know, one of the things I always say to people as we get started into the, the year is it's a, it's a high anxiety time in the best of times for people. So throw in a little COVID-19 and, and everyone's working at the, you know, at high levels of frustration, you know, fear and things. So one of the, please, if you're, if you're coming to school, I ask you to be patient. I ask you to be compassionate and I ask you to be kind to people. And if we can, if we can do those three things, we're really far ahead of the game. And you know, part of that part of that compassion is looking out for for the people that we're here with. You know, we share our university space with a lot of people, and we want to make sure that we all, at the end of the day, get to go home and and be safe and well with our families. So, and I think that the, uh, the vast majority of us, Mary Beth, are um, are open and. Uh, uh, willing to take questions. Yeah. So please, you know, spread the word. There is nothing wrong with asking someone something, right? right? Uh, I don't have all the answers. I, I will never claim to do that. Yeah. But we have a great network of folks here that can get the answers for us. So rather than, you know, staying in your room and, you know, thinking how bad everything is and whatever, just, you know, Send out an email, pick up the phone, make a phone call, and uh, you know we, we may not have the answer right there and then, but we'll do our best to uh, provide a solution. So uh, you are not alone on this. Right. Yeah, we are all in it. Yep. Well, I want to I want to thank you both for your time because it's maybe it's been relaxing to get to sit for a few minutes and and chat about this, but I I you know really think that that people who get a chance to listen to the podcast will be grateful to hear some of the information and know where they can go to look for more. So I, I certainly appreciate uh, your taking the time to talk with us about it here. Well, thanks for having us as it's been, it's been fun. And I, I would say that once the students are back, if um, uh, not to speak for panel, but if you, uh, I think we'd be, we'd be happy to do this again. Um, once, uh, once the students are back, uh, yes. if, uh, if you think it'd be helpful. Absolutely. There might be things that we haven't thought about that, that come up along the way. So we'll certainly bring you back for part two. I'm in. <laughs> be great right. to have some question, a question answer period. That'd be, 
Yeah. We've done that with faculty and staff. We should we could do it with the students too. Absolutely. That sounds great. Well, thanks again. And thank uh, you, Mary Beth. You know, thanks for having us. If any of you have questions again, you can feel free to reach out to any of us who are here on the podcast. Um, you can always reach me at Griffin M at WCSU. Edu, and I hope you tune in for more Gavin Gross. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Stay healthy. Gavin Grow is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media, and feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening.